you know what, cloak seller, keep this material, give us some medicine. Because everybody goes to the cloak seller for their medicine, right? This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 172, Tipitaka, part 103, in which I will be reciting from the Bhikkhuni Vibhanga, Nisagya 6 and 7. For those who have never seen me before, you may wish to start at the beginning of the Tipitaka playlist by clicking here, then things will make a little more sense. However, if you choose to make this the first episode in the series that you've ever seen, then I'll, I'll just briefly explain. Uh, so today we're reading the, um, the scriptures of pre-sectarian early Buddhism, and I've got this handy uh, thing up here that... Here on the far left is uh, a symbol that I'm using to represent pre-sectarian early Buddhism. Later, after we finish pre-sectarian early Buddhism, we'll get into the early Mahayana scriptures. You might notice I skipped one. That's because the, uh, the commentaries of Buddha Gosa and others um, came from after the beginning of Mahayana and helped to solidify what we now know as Theravada. Hmm, interesting. And uh, then later on, um, Mahayana developed a bit and absorbed some elements of the Tantric movement, which was also happening in Hinduism, and became what we now know as Vajrayana. In two different forms, the Tibetan and the Japanese. Shingon is the name of the Japanese Vajrayana. And then, uh, of course, around that same time was developing Chan with those sort of wild, funny monks that would, uh, you know, say profound things and stuff like that. And then after 400 years, that became what we now know as Zen, where everybody's very strictly sitting and someone's hitting with a stick if they uh, yawn or something. Um, I love Zen. I don't mean to be picking on it. But for today, and for the next probably several years, we'll be focusing on pre-sectarian early Buddhism. Now, Bhikkhuni Vibhanga means non-analysis, but in this context it means the rules for nuns. And Nisagya means forfeiture, meaning the rule that <clears throat> one of these nuns is going to break a rule. There's like a few nuns that are the main the usual suspects, as it were. Um, and uh, when the rule gets established, then it becomes a Nisagya rule, which means that something has to be given back to the order. So a nun has too many bowls, a nun has too many robes, that kind of thing, and they have to formally give it to the order and say, I have intentionally kept more than I was supposed to of this thing. So, does that sound exciting? 
Um, well, if it doesn't, if you would prefer the teachings of pre-sectarian early Buddhism, then do please check back with this uh, podcast or video series in about a year. I think by then we'll be done with the Vinaya Pitaka, which is the uh, rules basket or discipline basket, uh, basically. And then we'll move on to the Sutta Vibhanga, which is these books here. And that's where you get into the teachings. So I'm looking forward to that as well. However, on this podcast, for my own silly reasons, you might say, I have decided to commit to uh, starting at the beginning with the Vinaya Pitaka and reading every word of the rules before I get to the teachings. That's what's happening here. Our special guest today, Mahabodhi Temple in Bodh Gaya, Bihar, India, which is said to mark the spot where Lord Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, sat under the Bodhi tree. In fact, you could say Siddhartha Gautama sat under the Bodhi tree in Bodh Gaya, but it was Lord Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, who, who stood up from that uh, meditation you know, several years he meditated and uh, then became a teacher and uh, laid down what we now know as the Buddhist way. It's currently raining here in uh, South Goa, India. So I've left the window open so you can enjoy that. And uh, the lighting's a little different today, so we're just experimenting a little bit. See how this, how this feels. Let me know in the comments what you think. And without further ado, I will get to today's reading. Nisagiya 6. At one time, the enlightened one, the Lord, was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anatta Pindika's monastery. Now at that time, lay followers, having made a voluntary collection for robe material for an order of nuns, having laid aside what was necessary in a certain cloak seller's house, having approached the nuns, spoke thus, quote, Ladies, in such and such a cloak seller's house, what is necessary for robe material is laid aside. Having had that robe material brought from there, distributed. End quote. The nuns, having got medicine in exchange for what was necessary, made use of it. The lay followers, having found out three dots, spread it about, saying, so, pause. When, when people start spreading something about saying, how can the nuns such and such, um, that's where the, the thing that they did wrong is, which Lord Buddha will hear about and establish a rule. So the fact that it comes up now means somewhere in what we've read so far, a wrongdoing was committed for which something is going to have to be given back. What was it? 
Let's find out. Spread it about, saying, quote, How can these nuns get something in exchange for what was necessary? Parentheses and, and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, belonging to an order. Hmm. End quote. Nuns heard these lay followers who three dots spread it about. Those who were modest nuns, three dots spread it about, saying, How can these nuns get something in exchange, three dots belonging to an order, and quote, three dots? So, uh, all right, I mean, I'm just pausing to see if I can wrap my mind around what's happening. So the nuns had medicine, which they needed, but they traded it for something else and made use of it. What does that have to do with the lay followers setting aside cloth for robe making, which they're going to presumably donate to the nuns in the cloak seller's shop? I don't know. Perhaps when I listen to this later, it'll make a little more sense. That happens sometimes, where when I listen to it, I'm like, well, duh, this is what happened. But anyway, I'll keep reading. Quote, is it true, as is said, monks, that nuns got something in exchange, three dots, belonging to the order? End quote. Quote, it is true, Lord. End quote. The enlightened one. The Lord rebuked them, saying, quote, How, monks, can nuns get something in exchange, three dots belonging to an order? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased, three dots, this rule of training. Whatever nun should get something in exchange for that which was necessary, parentheses and, and parentheses, Appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, parentheses and, and parentheses, belonging to an order, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. End quote. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I used to belong to a temple, and uh, if I had, it was a different sort of temple, but if I, if I had taken the Eucharist wine, for instance, and uh, taken it to a local, I don't know what, and said, hey, I'll trade you this wine for some of those potato chips. I would expect to, uh, to be scolded for that. I'm just not sure what that has to do with the lay followers offering. I mean, that might just be um, a setup for the story. Like, that's just ha what happened. These lay followers were there because they were telling them about the, the the robe cloth that they had put at the cloak cellars, and they observed that the nuns had traded medicine for something. I don't know. All right. Whatever means, three dots. We did the flashback to whatever means, to what whatever means last time. We'll do it again in three more episodes. Uh, none means, same for what was necessary, parentheses and, and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, means for what was given for another thing. Hmm. 
belonging to an order means. It is for an order, not for a group, not for one nun. Yeah, so in my example, the Eucharist wine was for everyone at the temple, not for me to just trade for something, right? Should get something in exchange means having set aside that for which it was given, if she gets another thing in exchange, there is an offense of wrongdoing in the action. It is to be forfeited on acquisition. It should be forfeited to an order, or to a group, or to one nun, and thus monks should it be forfeited. Quote, Ladies, this thing got in exchange for that which was necessary, parentheses and and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, parentheses and and parentheses, belonging to an order, is to be forfeited by me. I forfeit it to the order, and quote, then quotes, three dots, quote, three dots, the order should give back three dots. Let the ladies give back three dots. I will give back parentheses this thing and parentheses to the lady. And quote. For anyone who uh, didn't take my advice and click that, and this is your first time seeing one of these, the three dots mean that it's like a paragraph or like a page and a half that was written before in an earlier rule and the translator, Miss Porter, um, doesn't want to write it out again. So just put three dots and say, you figure it out. So it's what we have in English. I don't speak Pali, so otherwise I'd be reading directly from the Pali and translating as I go. But I'll leave that to better scholars. All right. If she thinks that it was appointed for another thing when it was appointed for another thing and gets something else in exchange, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. If she is in doubt, renounce. If she thinks that it was not appointed for another thing, three dots. There is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. So in all three of those examples, it's forfeiture. Right? Misadia. Having acquired what was forfeited, it may be taken as, so to speak, a gift. Okay? If she thinks that it was appointed for another thing when it was not appointed for another thing, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Right. So if she's if I if I went into the temple, right, and I I had bought Eucharist wine and then left it somewhere and forgot about it. And then I was like, ooh, it's the temple's Eucharist wine. I'm going to go trade that for some potato chips. It's still wrongdoing because I thought I was taking the temple's wine, even though it was my wine. Does that make sense? All right. So if in your heart you're doing something wrong, that's wrong. Regardless of maybe what you were doing was right. See? Okay. If she is in doubt as to whether it was not appointed for another thing, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If she thinks that it was not appointed for another thing, when it was not appointed for another thing, there is no offense. There is no offense if she takes a remainder, 
if she takes, having obtained the owner's permission, if there are accidents, if she is mad, if she is the first wrongdoer. So if there was a jar of medicine and there was like a little bit of medicine left and she traded that for something, then apparently that's, that's fine. It has to be full. Hmm. Or maybe a remainder means specifically like leftovers. Never mind. All right. Well, cool. That was Nisa Gia 6. Now, let's find out about Nisa Gia 7, shall we? At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anatta Pindika's monastery. Now at that time, lay followers, having made a voluntary collection for robe material for the Order of Nuns, having laid aside what was necessary in a certain cloak seller's house, I wonder if this is going to have anything to do with the rule this time, having approached the nuns, spoke thus, Ladies, in such and such a cloak seller's house, what is necessary for robe material is laid aside. Having had the robe material brought from there, distribute it. End quote. And the nuns, although having themselves asked for what was necessary, yet having got medicine in exchange, made use of it. The lay followers, having found out three dots, spread it about, saying. So I think what happened here was they. They got there and said, okay, there's the, the robe material that's being donated to the order, but let's get medicine instead. You know what, cloak seller, keep this material, give us some medicine, because everybody goes to the cloak seller for their medicine, right? Anyway, or maybe next door was the chemist. That's what they call pharmacies here in India. It's very cute. Um, all right. What about saying, quote, how can these nuns get something in exchange for what was necessary, parentheses, and, and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, belonging to an order, parentheses, and, and parentheses, that they themselves asked for. End quote. Three dots. Quote. Is it true, as is said, most, that nuns got something in exchange, three dots, that they themselves asked for? End quote. So it seems like this rule is basically the same as the previous one, except that in this case it's something that they themselves asked for. Maybe like a closing of loopholes, like if uh, someone was saying, well, it's not exactly breaking that rule because, see, we asked for it, right? Well, anyway. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote. The Enlightened One. The Lord rebuked them, saying, quote, How monks can nuns get something in exchange, three dots, that they themselves asked for? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses please, three dots. This rule of training, Whatever nun should get something in exchange for what was necessary, parentheses and and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, belonging to an order, parentheses and and parentheses, that she herself asked for, 
there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. Whatever means three dots, none means three dots. For what was necessary, parentheses, and, and parentheses, appointed for another thing, destined for another thing, three dots, belonging to an order, three dots, that she herself asked for means oneself having asked for. All right, so I think the three dots means, like, we already defined that in the previous rule, just flip back a few pages and... Should get something in exchange means three dots, parentheses, C, V, I, two, one to two, or one to three, rather, after belonging to an order, insert that she herself asked for, and parentheses, three dots, if she is the first wrongdoer. <clears throat> and that is today's reading. All right, so your homework now, <laughs> I'm only kidding. My homework is to contemplate that for two days and um, see if there's any broader implication uh, toward the lifestyle and ethics of being a monk or nun um, other than just the obvious. I mean, there's there's always the, you know, lay followers say, how can she do that? And then it becomes a rule. And it makes me wonder, if they hadn't said that, if the local community had thought that that was fine, would it have become a rule? It seems as if, based on the way it's written, some of the rules are in place specifically so that people don't walk around saying, how can these monks and nuns do this and that. Aren't they monks and nuns? Um, but, I mean, when, when you're trading something that belongs to the order for something that you wanted, oh, okay, that's, yeah, don't do that. That seems like, yeah, if you're working at a, a corporation, then it's against the rules to take a bunch of pencils out of the supply room and go across the street and trade it for a cheeseburger. Although if you could do that, I think more people would do that. Um, but then, then even in the case of like where you say, hey, we need some more pencils, and then the pencils come and then you're like, you know what, I'm gonna trade this for a cheeseburger. Even if you slice it up into 100 pieces and distribute little thin slices of cheeseburger to the order of nuns, I mean, there might be other things wrong with that, like asking for meat is against the rules, for instance, at least the rules for monks. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and uh, do please, if you haven't yet, and you did enjoy this episode, um, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. That would be very cool. And one of these days, we're going to read a rule that's more interesting than that was, and every 10 episodes, we read one canto of the life and liberation of Padmasambhava. Special thanks to our guest, Mahabodhi Temple. Special thanks to the rain. And special thanks to the landlord's dog for being quiet through the whole episode. Pretty cool. I think the good vibes you sent last time had, a, had an effect. I will go ahead and close.
to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.